Always thought-provoking and informative. Forget the spin and media bias from the left and right. We know you are sick and tired of being told what to think, how to act, and what you can and can't do. Direct from the Ustream It Broadcast Network, it's time for another edition of the last Christian newscast and radio show with your hosts, J.D. Williams and T.L. Farley. Real news and biblical common sense analysis starts in three, two, one. Well, hello, everybody, and thank you once again for joining us for another edition of the Last Christian Newscast and Radio Show. My name is J.D. Williams, and joining me is my co-host there in the Dallas area, Mr. T.L. Farley. And uh, Terry, we have a tremendous amount to cover today, so I'm not even going to give you a chance to say hello to the audience. We're just going to get right into it, okay? Um, Rock and roll, dude. Here's the deal. I want to give people, uh, first of all, I'm going to be talking again today to Israel. Okay, uh, primarily to our Israeli audience, and I know that it is growing all throughout the Middle East, and that's really where we're going to be focusing because we're going to get back into that book of the Bible for you of the Jewish faith, something that they're pulling over your eyes in your own uh, synagogues right now is the fact that they're not teaching you a book of the Torah, and we are pointing it out and proving to you that Jesus Christ is, in fact, Lord. So anyway, uh, I want to first of all get something out of the way real quick, and that is the news of the day as far as what uh, what the world is focused on. Okay, no, I'm uh, going to jump in. You told now you told me you gave me this instruction. It's the Torah is the first five books. The passage we're looking at is in the total group, and it's safer just to say Tanakh. Tanakh, Tanakh okay, brings us into yeah. Okay, gotcha. here we go. Okay, gotcha. All right, they're not um, giving you the full Tanakh. <laughs> okay. All right. In uh, As far as U.S. news goes, the United States is set to lift the COVID border restrictions, known as Title 42. Uh, this is a major shift that's drawn tens of thousands of migrants to the U.S. border. There's a standoff over the raising debt ceiling, which is being uh, which has been overshadowed by a meeting of the group of seven finance meters, uh, ministers starting today. Uh, also around the world, Pakistani authorities have arrested senior leaders of the former prime minister. Uh, we are going to discuss that a little bit, as well as uh, President Zelensky saying that uh, Ukraine is holding its fire on any kind of a um, new counteroffensive. They're not ready to go yet. Uh, Google is rolling out uh, more artificial intelligence uh, for its core uh, search <laughs> Uh, projects, while key uh, European Union lawmakers have agreed to rein in generative uh, artificial intelligence and proposed a ban on facial surveillance. Uh, And in Turkey, uh, we have asbestos, silica, mercury, and lead are among thousands of toxins being released by that uh, huge earthquake in February that killed more than 54,000 people in both Turkey and Syria. So anyway, that's a few things that the world is looking at right now. That's where their major focus is, and ours is on something uh, completely different. And uh, we're, we're going to get into that today. Um, I'm going to start off with news here in the United States. It's important that you be made aware of it. So uh, let's listen to this one uh, to start things off here. Tennessee Governor Bill Lee announced that he would call lawmakers back to the state's capitol on August 21st for a special session after the Republican legislature adjourned early this year without taking on gun control. 
The announcement comes weeks after six people, including three young children, were killed in a Nashville school shooting. The tragedy sparked Lee, a Republican, to urge the General Assembly to pass legislation that would keep firearms away from people who could harm themselves or others. And exactly who can harm themselves and others? And does that does that uh, pertain only to guns? Because I know a lot of people that can harm harm themselves and others with knives, with airplanes, with cars, uh, with rocks, or anything else. So uh, to me, I'm sorry, Governor Lee, you are a rhino. You are a Republican in name only, and I encourage people in Tennessee to vote this guy out. Okay, that's the only thing I want to say on that. Okay, we'll move on uh, now to another common sense thing here. Let's listen to this. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum on Monday signed a controversial legislation that permits the misgendering of transgender students and government employees, directs teachers to inform parents of their child's transgender status, and allows schools to prohibit students from using restrooms that align with their gender identity. House Bill 1522 is the latest of a slew of legislation that the Republican governor has enacted this year that restricts the rights of transgender North Dakotans and which is a part of a larger GOP legislation effort to rescind the rights of LGBTQ people nationwide. There are no individual rights for anybody of any sex. Period. The end. You find it for me in the Constitution where it says that transgender has a separate group of rules. Now, this is my opinion, my personal opinion, but uh, from the Bible, and this is my biblical opinion, God created man and woman. He did not create transgender. You are free to make your own selection as to whether or not you would like to continue on with that man-made identity. However, God does not recognize it. God created man and woman. He did not create transgender. I encourage you to pick up the Bible and read it and see. You can put yourself at eternal risk if you like. That is your choice. However, God does consider it to be a sin. That is biblical truth. It's maybe something that people don't want to hear, but sometimes it's good to tell people what they don't want to hear in order to save their eternal soul. Uh, Terry, we're going to have to be very, very careful on that one if you want to comment, but uh, feel free. Just, yeah, sure. All I can say, everybody in the world has sinned, everybody, and you're even going to be talking about that. So I don't care who you are or what you are. If you don't know Jesus, call on him. He will straighten you out. He'll take care of helping you to learn the truth. Call on Jesus. He will save you. Amen. Perfectly. And uh, I totally agree with that. Um, this is this comes as no shock to those of us that are living here in the state of Texas. But listen to this. Officials representing some New York suburbs have rebuked New York City Mayor Eric Adams' plan to send migrants to their towns for shelter. Rockland County's top officials declared a state of emergency on Saturday in response to Adams' plan to send 340 adult male migrants to live in Armani Inn and Suites in Orangeburg, New York, for four months. Rockland County is located close to 40 miles northwest of New York City and is near the Hudson River. So they can't handle a few buses of illegal aliens. Uh, I, mean, I know there's all kinds of discussion of what you're supposed to call them, but if you come across the border illegally, then you are an illegal alien. alien. I mean, that's that's yeah. the way, uh, and you can look at that under United States law. I'm not saying anything that's, mm-hmm. you know, sexist or racist or anything mm-hmm. else. I'm just pointing out a mm-hmm. constitutional fact. Okay. That's now right. then, um, 
I do want to bring this up because this is near and dear to uh, Terry and I and to uh, all of us that live here in the great state of Texas. And I'm going to put this guy's picture up as as I read this, okay, because I want him to get full credit for it. Uh, if you are looking for this uh, in visual form, I would encourage you to take uh, this guy doesn't list his email address. He doesn't really want to hear from anybody, okay? But he does list his congressional address. He has to in Austin. So um, there's also a phone number, and I ask you guys to strongly uh, consider uh, both uh, writing Representative James Tellerico of District 50. Uh, there in Austin, Texas, or give his office a call. Here's what uh, he said. This is the Democrat. He has slammed the Ten Commandments in schools after uh, giving pass to a to sexually explicit books. This again is State Representative James Tallarico. Uh He calls the GOP's Ten Commandments bill idolatrous. A Democrat state lawmaker in Texas who voted against a bill that would prohibit sexually explicit books in public schools, is now opposing legislation that would place the Ten Commandments in classrooms, describing the proposal as deeply unchristian. Now, he said this. This is this. I'm quoting. Uh, I'm quoting him now. I know you're a devout Christian, and so am I. This bill, to me, not only is unconstitutional; it's not only un-American. I think it's also deeply unchristian. And I say that because I believe this bill is idolatrous. I believe it is exclusionary, exclusionary, and I believe it is arrogant. And those three things in my reading of the gospel are diametrically opposed to the teachings of Jesus. Uh, now, he was also quoted with the words of Jesus Christ in Matthew 6, 5, in which he says, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners. When you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. Again, this is another in, another one of those in, instances where somebody is nitpicking, they're cherry-picking the Bible and trying to twist it to fit what they want. This, uh, what he quoted has absolutely nothing to do with the Ten Commandments or allowing people to pray. Now, he also says here a religion that has to force people to put up a poster to prove its legitimacy is a dead religion. And it's not one that I want to be a part of. It's not one that I think I am a part of. And Mr. Representative, um, I can assure you that you are definitely not part of uh, the Christianity uh here, by your words, calling the Ten Commandments a poster? Seriously? This is something that was written by God, and you know, I, I hope and I pray for him that he actually does read the Bible at some point, and that he does actually accept Jesus Christ as his Lord at some point, because right now, he's on the highway to hell. Terry? Uh, Jesus said that whatever you hear in private, shout it from the rooftops. Mm-hmm. Any questions? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, during his committee hearing on this bill, uh, he asked Patterson if uh, his legislation would prohibit books like Catcher in the Rye or even the Bible. And, of course, Patterson says, of course not. 
you know. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to take out sexually explicit material from children. There's no reason for them to see it. And yeah. what's, what's the problem in putting up the Ten Commandments? Show me a commandment yeah. there that is some way mm. bad or evil. Yeah. You know, in other words, yeah. he, he wants the bad stuff, but he doesn't want the good stuff. Isn't that what the Bible yeah. said would happen in the last days? Good would be bad and bad would be yeah. good? Yeah. Okay. All right, well, okay, he's proven it, right? He's, he's proven yes, it right on yes, down the line. Is. Okay, before we go any further, Terry, um, I'm going to go ahead and let you uh, do your, um, your last Christian charge. So I'm going to give Terry okay. a couple of minutes here, and then I've got one other thing from the United States, and then we're really going to get into uh, what's really going on in the world and what's really, really, really important to each and every one of us. So uh, first of all, Terry, you are now up right about now. Welcome to the last Christian charge, engaging the sword today, James 1.19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. To prepare us for battle each day, we daily anticipate Jesus' shout. Why? This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Lamentations 3, verses 21 through 23. Let us resume with Psalm 37, verses 28 through 40. For the Lord loves judgment. Forsake not his saints. They are preserved forever. But the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom. His tongue talks of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The wicked watch the righteous and seek to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord, keep his way. He shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. I have seen the wicked in great power, spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. But the transgression shall be destroyed together, and the end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked, save them because they trust in him. How greatly can we trust in God? God's word is never idle. Okay, Terry, I'm going to cut you off right about there, and uh, we'll get back to this in the second half of the show. Um, Before we continue, I have got to let you guys know that uh, the last Christian newscast and radio show is proud to partner with a great educational program for youth based on solid Christian principles and values. As a parent concerned about what your children are exposed to and learning in public schools, you will appreciate the opportunity to learn about Kirkwood's Christian online learning program that will keep your kids engaged and learning without worrying about the type of curriculum being presented to them. It only takes a few minutes to set up the program and your kids can begin working independently on any device, including desktop computers, laptops, tablets, iPads, or smartphones. You can learn more about this program on the Last Christian website at www.lastchristian.net for free information on Kirkwood's homeschool learning program for kids, and we do highly endorse it. It is a good, good program. I've looked it over a little bit, and I wish I had it when we were doing homeschool here. Okay, 
Um, this is homeschooling, homeschooling made easy. Yeah, it sure is. And, and it's Christian. That's the, that's yeah. the key. Okay. I, I did neglect to, uh, to tell y'all about something else that's going on here. This Breakaway Texas, um, this is the United Methodist Church here in Texas. There's a mega church that has revealed its plans for a new Methodist denomination. This is coming out of Southlake, uh, Terry. It's right there close to you. Um, this is a white chapel. It's a large congregational. It's a wealthy suburb outside of Dallas overwhelmingly voted to disaffiliate itself from the United Methodist Church. The church, which draws more than 2,000 people on a Sunday, belongs to a denomination of one, a network calling itself the Methodist Collegiate Church. Uh, it says that our dean of college is much more of a coach, an advisor, and is not acting in the capacity of an employer or boss. Um, now, he said, we don't want to build a huge hierarchy of people whose job it is to tell everybody else what to do, um, Duggan said that the church is trying to create a middle path forward for Methodists while staying connected to Christian doctrine. Um, this is a halfway step, is what he's doing. You know, the um, the Methodist church kind of veered off, and they started doing a bunch of stuff that is not really uh, Christian uh, values-wise and goes in, uh, in conflict with the Bible on many points. Now, there's another church. Uh, this is Dothlin Church also joining a new denomination, uh, this is in Dothlin, um, Alabama, where they saw 27 of the United Methodist churches leave the uh, the the Methodist Church and have mm -hmm. gone into their own. Uh, they said it's a culmination of finally we can get behind us uh, behind us and going to do what we have to um, what what we should have done all along. This, according to the uh, senior pastor at. Covenant Methodist Church, uh, Pursuing God, Unleashing Compassion. Uh, another quote here is a strict, biblically-based denomination with a Wesleyan Methodist that we believe, and that's what we were founded on. They've had to wait on this because the Methodist Church has um, threatened to take their property away from them if they left the um, the, the Methodist Church. But anyway, 27 of them left on Sunday. So I think that mm -hmm. you're beginning to see a little fight back here in the United States. Yeah. Well yeah. overdue, in my opinion, but it's coming along. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the next item, also here in the United States, and it is important because this relates to Israel. This is Israel. So mm -hmm. Israel, pay attention. R have you ever heard of Rashid, uh, Rashida? Talib, Talib, uh, she's yeah, one of the. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I know I'm. Yeah, yeah, Talib, yeah. I, I know I'm pronouncing mm -hmm. her name wrong, but you know she's part yeah. of the squad. Okay. Yes. Uh, now, what she wanted to do is she wanted to hold a, a meeting, an uh, anti-Semitic meeting in Congress, in yeah. which uh, she was going to, uh, you know, play up the Palestinians and their cause and degrade Israel. And um, the Speaker of the House stepped in, uh, Kevin McCarthy, and said, nope, it's canceled. Well, yep. I wish that was true. Um, McCarthy said, this event at the U.S. Capitol is canceled. Instead, I will host a bipartisan discussion to honor the 75th anniversary of the U.S.-Israeli relationship. However, it didn't work out that way. What actually happened... Bernie Sanders stepped in, and uh, he uh, 
has agreed to, or he did agree to allow her to host an event called the NAKBA, N-A-K-B-A. Um, he uh, salvaged the event and planned uh, for her to call this uh, uh, event, calling Israel's establishment a catastrophe on a day on which Palestinian terrorists shot 500 rockets at Israeli uh, civilians. Senator Bernie Sanders allowed Tlaib to hold the event in the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions hearing room, which he chairs, and where McCarthy does not have the authority to block an event. And Senator Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, who is in support of Israel, he doesn't have the authority or the jurisdiction to step in either. Now, uh, Tlaib's quote here is, no child should ever have to worry what will fall from the sky. Now, how many Israeli children are worrying about what's falling from the sky on a daily basis? Yeah. Okay, she's trying yeah. to rewrite stuff here. Okay, uh, the Defamation League CEO Jonathan Greenblatt said that it is disgraceful that Senator Sanders allowed this event by Representative Rashida to be held in our nation's capital. Real conversations are needed around a path to peace, but not with a group of individuals who espouse anti-Semitism. We call on the Senate to condemn this event and the last Christian newscast and radio show. I think that I can speak for Terry Farley. We condemn that event as well, and we call yeah. on the Senate to do whatever they need to do to shut this lady up. She needs to be yeah. banned from the Senate. I don't know what the I don't know what the deal is there, but you know something should be done because she's trying mm -hmm. to change history. That's what she's trying to do. Mm -hmm. So you know. Mm -hmm. Terry, you have any comment on that? Yeah, the Bible says God will curse those who curse Israel, so she'd better be looking out. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. And you know, and He does it every time. So mm -hmm. she's not. This is it. This is a law of God. So she needs to look out. <laughs> I totally. 100% agree. Okay, at this point, we're going to go ahead and get back into the book of Isaiah. Uh, this is chapter uh, 53, verses 4 through 6. And I forgot what you told me to call. Uh, I was calling it the Torah. What, what, what did you call it again that we're actually uh, getting into here? Yeah, yeah. this is the Tanakh. That's, Tanakh. The, that's okay. the name for the entire work of, of what we call the Old Testament Tanakh. Okay. Torah is the first five books, the books of the law. Okay. So that's the Torah. And okay. then for the for the whole thing, it's the Tanakh. And if you say Tanakh and it's in Genesis, or if you say Tanakh and it's in Isaiah, you're covered. Okay. Okay. So um, yeah. what I want to get across to the um, to those people over in Israel and throughout the Middle East, and really to anyone of the Jewish faith anywhere in the world, is the fact that you are not being taught everything that is in your own uh, your own books of your yeah. Tanakh or Torah or whatever else you want to call it, okay? It, mm -hmm. uh, you mm -hmm. are not being given the full picture because uh, the the high priests or whatever they're called, I'm sorry mm -hmm. for not being a, a totally up to speed on, on all these different uh, names that the uh, religious leaders Titles. call themselves, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, uh, they have this. They have it, and uh, mm -hmm. for the most part, I'm going to say most of you guys have heard it but 
you think it's in the New Testament, and instead it's in the Old Testament. And we're going to start with Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 through 6. And Terry, if you can see that, sir, I'm going to let you read it. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Okay, now, uh, we're, we're going to start really breaking this stuff down. And basically, uh, what uh, Isaiah 53, 4 through 6 is talking about there is exactly what happened to Jesus Christ when he did walk on this earth. And it mm -hmm. is through the afflictions that he went through, it is through the stripes, as was pointed out there, that mm -hmm. um, he became a sacrifice. God on mm -hmm. earth became a sacrifice for us. And then, of course, he rose from the dead, and mm -hmm. he has ascended to heaven, and he's going to come back, and he's going to call his church. That's the reason for this show is the fact that we mm -hmm. want to find that last individual to accept Jesus Christ before the rapture. Terry, I'm sure you've got some points mm -hmm. that you want to make on that. You've got about two minutes, so I'll go ahead. And I'm going to, if you want to, I'll put it back up on screen for you. Uh, yeah, you can put it up there, and I'll talk okay. while we're looking at okay. it. Okay, go ahead. Um, here's the first thing. Uh, surely he's borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. Okay, this whole picture, four, five, and six, just adumbrates or foreshadows, reveals what took place on the cross. Amen. Jesus was beaten. He was whipped. Uh, some of you have seen um, uh, The Passion, the movie The Passion, and that pictures exactly what these verses are describing. You say, why did Jesus, why was he nailed to the cross? He was nailed to the cross because of your sins, because of my sins, because of the sins, watch this, of the whole world. He died for the sins of the whole world. It doesn't matter. You can give me any name you want. Yes, he died for that person's sins. Now, here's the thing. They're not going to do you any good if you don't accept him as your savior. Amen. He paid for your sins, but you've got to call on Jesus, and that's how you're going to be saved. When it says we like sheep, it's talking about the people that have, have accepted Jesus and said, you know what, I'm a sinner, Jesus saved me, and he did. Okay, so and and we continue to battle that fight day to day, but he gives us the power and grace to seek his forgiveness, to seek his mercy, which is new every morning, and he is the one who saves us. Beautiful passage of scripture. Amen. Amen. And, you know, we're going to get a lot more into this because we're not done talking about those verses because those verses are impactful and they're powerful. Yeah. And they mm -hmm. speak to salvation. So I'm going to show mm -hmm. you, I'm going to show you a couple of verses from the Old Testament, which back this mm -hmm. up, uh, th mm -hmm. that uh, many of you are going to be familiar with if you are of the Jewish mm -hmm. faith. And then I'm going to show mm -hmm. you in the New Testament the reflection mm -hmm. of that. I'm going to show you where, uh, where God again is speaking to you uh, if you will simply open your mind. And that's all we ask. You know, just don't be mm -hmm. closed minded. Is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Think about it. You know, um, 
eternity is a long time. You know, so you want to mm-hmm. make sure that you make the right decisions. God loves Israel. Israel is the apple of God's eye. But he Amen. also wants you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you got a chance mm-hmm. to do that before the rapture. Okay? So please. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you are, are not getting this in visual form, you'd like to see it, go to www.lastchristian.net, and you'll be able to, to find us there. We'll be back right after the break with the second half of the Last Christian Newscast and radio show. According to reports, more Christians are killed for their faith each year in Nigeria than in the rest of the world put together. Fulani militants have been sweeping northern states, firing assault rifles and burning homes, including blessings. We've changed her name to protect her. He says the Fulani militants came and began attacking the community and chasing people from their homes. They were destroying houses and setting them ablaze. And she said Nigerian soldiers stationed nearby did nothing at all to help the villagers. Others said the same. Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Pastor John, we changed his name too, was at a prayer meeting when they heard gunshots. The military barracks is next to the town, but when the villagers called on the soldiers to help, Pastor John says they did nothing. The military, we told them, we called on them. We were calling on them to come and help us with the police. What they told us clearly that their hands were tight, that they would not be able to do anything because they were not giving command from the government. In fact, they were killing some people in front of the military, but they were not doing anything. Pastor John and the others believe the attack was religiously motivated. When they were shooting, what we heard from them is Allah Wakabar, Allah Wakabar, Allah Wakabar. We heard them clearly. So we knew actually this is Islamic Jihad coming to attack us. Archbishop Benjamin Kwashi is a partner of Release International. I must say that this is happening under the nose of a federal government. I've done far more funerals in the last 20 years than I have done naming ceremonies or weddings put together. I'm a grieving pastor. It's election time in Nigeria. Archbishop Kwashi says unless the new president stops the killings, Nigeria will face a refugee crisis that will impact the world. Christians are going to run out of this country. They're going to leave in droves. They will not wait for the persecution. That will happen. Release International has named Nigeria as a key country of concern. It calls for prayer and support for the suffering church in that nation. Release International partners are providing trauma counseling for victims of violence. And welcome back to the second half of the last Christian newscast and radio show. Again, my name is J.D. Williams here in East Texas, uh, joined by my co-host there in Dallas, Mr. T.L. Terry Farley. Uh, Terry, I neglected to to let people here in Texas know where that guy, that rep, uh, what his district was. And uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to I wanted to put that up there for for those of you that are down there uh, in the Austin area. You can see that that District Fifty. It takes a little bit of Austin, but primarily this is Wells Branch. It's Pflugerville. There's Man, uh, Manor, uh, but it's right down there. Uh, close to Socialist Austin, and I can say Socialist Austin because I went to the University of Texas, and I know what, I know what it's like 
there. Okay, I know. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's socialist. It's one of the most socialist areas in Texas, as is Dallas and as is Houston. And uh, thankfully for all of us Texans, the rest of us have some common sense. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's mm-hmm. all I'm going to say on that. Okay, uh, before we get back into um, Scripture again, I'm going to continue to update you guys a little bit on the news and we're going to start off with the uh, crisis there in the Sudan, the ongoing civil Almost war. Almost a month after heavy fighting broke out, there are growing calls for peace in Sudan. Uganda's president has called on the warring parties to put down their arms and stop the war. The remarks were made to a Sudanese ambassador as part of a delegation visiting Uganda. Michael Baleke reports. President Museveni says Sudan does not belong to the army, but to the people. He recommends a ceasefire disengagement to allow peace and for people to elect their leaders as owners of the country. Mr. Museveni blames the pockets of instability in Khartoum and many parts of Africa on the politics of identity. The armed conflict between rival factions of the military government of Sudan started in mid-April with clashes in western Sudan, in Khartoum and in the Darfur region. There have been reports of explosions and renewed fighting in the capital. Hundreds of people have died and thousands are reported injured. Okay. Uh, now, I'm not going to comment on that too much except to tell you things are not going to get better. Uh, uh, Sudan yeah. is a part of the Gog and Magog um, coalition that will come together, as outlined in Ezekiel uh, chapters 38 and 39. I encourage all of you to go look at that, and you'll see why Sudan is going to get drawn in and, and become in league with, um, with Iran. By the way, uh, Turkey, Syria, Russia, and Iran are holding the highest level talks since the Syrian war. Uh, This uh, report from uh, Reuters, the foreign ministers of Turkey, Syria, Russia, and Iran uh, met in Moscow uh, in the highest level negotiations so far on rebuilding ties between Ankara and Damascus after years of animosity during Syria's civil war. So when you look at these people, the, the, the countries that are involved here, and again, that Turkey, Syria, Russia, Iran, again, Those are members of the coalition. Those are members that will, in fact, uh, invade Israel. And one of them is Turkey. One of them is a NATO Mm -hmm. member, okay? And that's Mm -hmm. NATO in name only, okay? Because I Mm -hmm. I still believe that they are um, primarily a spy at this point. Uh, Would you agree with me on Mm -hmm. that, Terry? Yeah. Yeah, they pretty well have shown their colors, so. Yeah. Okay. um, Now, I want to... uh, play this for you a couple of a couple of clips it's important because this is this is russia okay it's uh vladimir putin uh they held what's called victory day it's a day that they hold each year where they parade a bunch of their um stuff i mean we've all seen it you know the tanks and the missiles and all that parading through downtown moscow and it's a celebration of victory over nazi germany Okay, and it was really scaled back this year, and we're going to talk about it here in a second. Russia fired cruise missiles at Kiev on Tuesday and paraded troops across Moscow's Red Square for its annual celebration of victory in World War II. In a fiery 10-minute speech in front of the Kremlin, President Vladimir Putin thundered against Western global elites and said civilization was at a decisive turning point. A real war has been unleashed against our homeland, said the Russian leader, Harry Michaels reporting. Now I want to, I want you to hear how the how they're reporting the same thing in Europe. Now you understand that what they just said it was a fiery speech, right? And I've read the content and it is a fiery speech. Okay, so mm-hmm. uh, 
Now, with that in mind, I want you to listen to this version. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks, looking in more detail today at Vladimir Putin's rather lacklustre speech in Moscow earlier this week, in which he claimed that the world is at an inflection point and that the West is waging war on Russia. He was speaking at the annual Victory Day parade that rumbled through Red Square. His address was expected to last longer than the 10 minutes he achieved, and the few Western reporters still based in the Russian capital described the entire event as muted. One of President Putin's Putin's most prominent international foes is the financier-turned-activist Bill Browder, who is leading efforts to hold the Russian leader accountable for his actions. Well, Putin has backed himself into a terrible corner. The reason why he went into Ukraine in the first place is he thought it would be an easy win. His approval ratings would shoot up, we would ignore it, no sanctions, etc. And instead, he's being decimated, 200,000 dead, tanks being destroyed everywhere. The oil refineries blowing up in Crimea, the tanks being destroyed in Prigozhin, the Wagner guy uh, showing all the dead bodies, Putin having all this terrible um, you know, weakness being displayed. This is just absolutely not what he wants. And, and he could barely get anyone to come to his victory parade. He, he got a bunch of grum- grumbling dictators from around the region who sort of were forced to come, all looking very unhappy to be there. The Russians deny all of that, and Putin himself claimed the entire nation is behind his military campaign in Ukraine. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. Now, I don't know who the guy is there that Simon Marks brought in, but he stated everything completely incorrectly. The people that wanted Mm -hmm. to be there, they wanted to be there, and they were with him. Mm -hmm. Now, here is Mm -hmm. the actual statement, okay? You tell me if this is lackluster, okay? This Mm -hmm. civilization, again, finds itself at a decisive, critical moment. A real war has again been launched against our motherland. It looks like the West has forgotten the consequences of the Nazis striving for world domination. They have forgotten who destroyed that monster, that absolute evil, who it was who stood up to protect their native land and did not begrudge their lives to liberate the people of Europe. The Western globalist elite are still asserting their exceptionalism, playing off people against each other and dividing societies. They are provoking bloody conflicts and coups. They are sowing hatred, Russia-phobia, and aggressive nationalism. They are destroying traditional family values that make a human a human. Now, uh, one last thing here is that he was at the same time pictured holding the nuclear briefcase before he addressed this real war issue. In other words, he showed it to the world, I've got the nuclear Mm -hmm. briefcase in my hand right now. Mm -hmm. So now, was that lackluster? I don't think so. No. I I believe that that he means what he says and that we better take him that way. Terry, go ahead. Yeah, my goodness. Uh, You know, this thing is so far out of hand. Um, and, And what's hurting... The population, the rest of us that are out here, not not connected, is that we're getting all of these mixed stories, and we basically say, you know what? I don't know what it means. I'm just going to turn away from the whole mess, right. and it's just it's just escalating. It's escalating right in front of us. Well, absolutely, you know? it's escalating, and uh, the Bible says that things are going to speed up, and things are speeding up. Uh, when we first started doing this radio show. Um, we uh, were looking at things that were weeks away or months away or whatever. And then it came down to to where it was weeks and days 
And then it came to where it's days and hours. And now it's almost to the point where we're talking about things minute by minute. So, you know, things are speeding up, and they're speeding up at uh, warp speed is what I would call it. Okay, um, I'm going to get back in now to um, Isaiah, and we'll we'll get into it a little bit, and we'll move on to something else, and we'll come back to it again, I hope. But anyway, uh, again, this is Isaiah. Uh, chapter 53, verses 4 through 6 from the Tanakh. And uh, I just want to to show you guys a little something here, uh, that he was bruised for our inequities. Where was the first time that we heard bruised, Terry? Do you remember where the mm-hmm. first time in the Bible where it was it talked about Jesus being bruised? Um, Genesis. Well, I Genesis mean, 3. Yeah. Yeah. Now okay, I, did, I, okay. I, I didn't have time. Yeah, no, that's a yeah. good no, that's a good connection yeah. because it doesn't actually use the word bruised. That's what it's talking about. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 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 Well in the Very New good. King Very in the New good. King James version it does say bruised. Now I don't know what it says in okay. the in the King right. James. Okay, okay, but in in, in what I read, it does. And yeah. um, I, again, I, I apologize for not having copied that. I had copied so much that I was afraid to do anymore. Yeah, that's right. um, but I yeah. do want I do want to show um, uh, here in Romans. Now this is the New Testament. Okay, and I'm going to put this mm-hmm. up on screen. And Terry, if you want to read it, uh, it's Romans three. Yeah. We're going to start in verse <clears throat> nine and go through verse number eighteen. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. There's none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And then moving right on to Romans 3, verses 19 through 26. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And then the last verses from uh, the book of Romans, and this is uh, chapter 3, verses 27 through 31. 
Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also, since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. So as you can see now, uh, if you are of the Jewish faith, Having read that, you'd say, well, you know, that I, that sounds a little bit familiar, but, you know, it's not what we're taught, but it sounds a little bit familiar. Well, the reason mm-hmm. for that is because you need to look at Psalm 53, verses uh, 1 through 6. Take a look at this one. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt and have done abominable iniquity. There is none who does good. God looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. Every one of them has turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. Have the workers of iniquity no knowledge who eat up my people as they eat bread and do not call upon God? There they are in great fear where no fear was. For God has scattered the bones of him who encamps against you. You have put them to shame because God has despised them. Oh, that the salvation of Israel would come out of Zion. When God brings back the captivity of his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. Do you see there where it said, uh, let God bring back? In other words, this, this was written when the Jews had been thrown out. Okay, mm-hmm. and God said, "I'm going to put you. I'm going to bring you back. You're going to be the only civilization yes. in the history of time mm-hmm. that comes back mm-hmm. to its uh, original land, uh, mm-hmm. with its original language, and with its original people and its original faith. Only one in mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. Okay, and mm-hmm. that's significant. Mm-hmm. Okay, Terry. Before we get into it anymore, I'm going to go ahead and let you go with the last Christian charge one last time." And uh, we'll take care, of, take care of that, and then we'll, we'll finish it out for today. And we're going to stay there um, in Isaiah. But anyway, here we go. Uh, this is Terry Farley with The Last Christian Charge, part two for this, for this show. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked, save them because they trust in him. How greatly can we trust in God? God's word is never idle. Consider verse 10 of Psalm 37, for yet a little while and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. Job declares of the wicked in the earliest recorded book of the Bible, some 3,500 years back in Job 7, verse 10, and chapter 20, verse 9, he shall never return to his house, nor shall his place know him any more. The eye also which saw him shall see him no more, neither shall his place any more behold him. Nearly 2,500 years after Job first speaks, David scribed this verse 10, in a little while. 
Just over 3,000 years after Job, Habakkuk heard God prophesy in Habakkuk 2, verses 2 and 3, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarries. Wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Paul 4,000 years after Job, writing Hebrews chapter 10, verses 36 and 37, prophesies, For you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Habakkuk prophesied the Messiah would return on the third day. Peter reminded believers a thousand years are as one day. Jesus commanded, anticipate daily. He commanded all, everyone, to watch daily. We are now at the beginning of the third day, seeing that day approach for yet a little while. Maranatha, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen, amen. And before we go on, I do want to remind you guys that the last Christian newscast and radio show is proud to partner with a great educational program for youth based on solid Christian principles and values. As a parent concerned about what your children are exposed to and learning in public schools, you will appreciate the opportunity to learn about Kirkwood's Christian online learning program that will keep your kids engaged in learning without worrying about the type of curriculum being presented to them. It only takes a few minutes to set up the program and your kids can begin working independently on any device including desktop computers, laptops, tablets, iPads, or smartphones. And you can learn more about this program on the Last Christian website at www.lastchristian.net where you can receive free information on Kirkwood's homeschooling learning program for children. And again, we do highly recommend that. Now, um, Homeschool made easy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, um, Terry, uh, I want to uh, really quick, th this is kind of important here because um, we know that uh, Iran um, last week, I believe it was, uh, launched a barrage of missiles at Israel. Israel has responded um, as well. And uh, now Iran is warning the United States and Israel over what they call adventurous acts against its nuclear program. It says, without a doubt, this irresponsible, provocative, and belligerent uh, statement violates international law and the United Nations Charter. Um, such a statement not only implies the United States' potential complicity in any future acts of terror or aggression carried out by the Israeli regime against Iran, including against the peaceful nuclear facilities. Uh, now, uh, that all sounds really sweet, okay? But mm -hmm. then um, I want to put this guy up here on screen where you can see him. Uh, this guy's a real winner, by the way. Take a look at this guy here. Uh, this is the deputy commander of the Islamic Jihad terrorist organization Rocket Force. His name is Ahmed Abu Dika. Now, I guess I, I really I really should have said instead of this is I should have said this was because last night the IDF announced that the Islamic uh, leader had been killed in Gaza. Um, they went after him 
And by the way, the Israeli government is also making it very clear that they waited two days because his family was there. They considered them to be human shields. So they waited till his family was absent, and then they got him. And I say congratulations, Israel. Uh, keep up the good work. Anything you want to say on that, Terry? Yeah, wow. Wow, these guys, these Israelis are dynamite. They are excellent. When they can, they're going to do that. But they people have to understand, you push them against the wall, and it's every man for himself. You better watch out. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we got terrific, Egypt. Terrific. We got Egypt, Jordan, France, and Germany that are urging an end to the Israeli Gaza fighting. Well, it's been going on for what three thousand years. So I don't think that uh, I don't think Egypt, Jordan, France, and Germany have have a hope. Uh, but I can tell you that there is a hope, and that hope is Jesus Christ, and He's going to put an end to it. Uh, but until then, all we can do is pray for Israel and pray for Jerusalem, and they are under uh, almost constant attack. It's up to six hundred rockets uh, that have been fired at them. And this is this is something um, you know. Back in the um, uh, what was it? Was it 1967? Was the uh, Six Day War? Was was that was yes. that right? 67. Yes. Okay. Uh, there were reports, and I saw this in a in a movie. Actually, it was a or a uh, not a movie, a documentary. Um, yeah. Where it said that you know the, the Israelis were obviously outnumbered big time. Okay, but um, there were uh, Egyptian forces who reported back to their commanders saying, "We saw angels, and mm -hmm. you know they forced us out, and we we would shoot at them, and they would it would shoot back at us. They'd shoot back at us. I mean, you know mm -hmm. what we put up was coming right back at us, and mm -hmm. they ran." They ran, okay? Well, now that's just a report from 1967, and, you know, you can take for that. You, you can believe it or you cannot believe it, whatever. I personally believe it, but I don't have any facts. You know, I can't show you video or anything like that. But one thing that I can show you is that five – this is according to the Israeli National News report today, okay, um, that of the 550 rockets that have been – Fired at Israel since Monday night, and by right now, by the way, it's up to about six hundred. But anyway, yeah. of the uh, five hundred and fifty rockets have been fired at Israel since Monday night. The Iron Dome and David Sling missile systems have intercepted one hundred and seventy-five of those. Now, here's the thing that I wanted to wanted you to take, pay attention to: there were one hundred and twenty-four rockets that were fired but that they failed to cross into a, into Israel and landed in Gaza instead, killing them. Okay? Wow. So now, uh, you know, you might say, okay, one or two, one or two, you say, okay, you know, things happen, right? But we're yeah. talking 124 rockets that they fired at Israel, and God obviously said, no, uh-uh, here they come. They're coming back at you now. Terry, you had any comment on that? Well, my perspective on it was simply that um, certainly the Lord is a protector of all things. But at the same time, I was thinking these guys are so nefarious that I wouldn't put it past them to aim some at their own people and no. say, oh, that was Israel. Yeah. You no. know? I yeah. mean, well, you it's, know. it's possible, but, you know, that's a lot of rockets to aim at yourself. 
You know, I mean, think about it. You know, that's a lot. Of, you know, I mean, I can see them saying something like that, but I mean, they've got enough stuff that's come. I mean, it only takes one or two. You know, if Israel fires one or two rockets, they make it out like it's, uh, you know, they just got hit with a nuclear weapon or something, and they can fire five, six hundred, thousand. You know, and that's just a some kind of a patriotic response or something. You know, I mean. The the values and the views are so incredibly different. You know, it's uh, yeah. it's re- remarkable. Um, anyway, uh, getting back to Isaiah here for just a moment, and I'm, I'm going to put this back up on screen. And the only reason I'm doing this, Terry, is just in case you mm-hmm. might have uh, some some last comments on this particular piece of scripture as we go through the book of Isaiah. Yeah, I'd like to just touch on six. It says all we. Notice it doesn't say they or you or it says we. The, God looks at the world as sheep. Right. And he says all we like sheep have gone astray. So don't think we're just pointing our fingers at someone who doesn't profess Jesus. Right. And it's a spiritual war. It says we have turned everyone to his own way. Now that goes perfect hand in hand. You know, this is the way I feel. Here's what I think. Here's what I, I, I. And no, it's what does God think? What is God doing? Now, here's what he here's what he's thinking, here's what he's thought, here's what he did, and the Lord has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. And everyone in the world knows it. Like I said, you can go see the movie uh uh The Passion. And you can mm-hmm. see, get an idea. And in fact, people complained to Mel Gibbs, uh, Gibson that, that he was making it too brutal. And the truth is, is if you know and study it, it was much worse than even he depicted it. Oh, yeah. That's how bad it was. Yeah. Um, I have heard from pastors uh, in different sermons describing it. And then, of course, you know, seeing that bits and pieces. You know, I don't watch movies, but I saw little bits and pieces sure. of that one. And mm-hmm. um, what they were saying was that Jesus would have died anyway from the beatings that he mm-hmm. took. He would have died anyway. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but but they they hung him on a cross, and uh, unfortunately for Satan. Uh, God is God, and He can do what He wants to. And so He spent three days in the tomb. He rose from the dead, and He has ascended back into mm-hmm. heaven again. And He's coming Amen. back for His church. So, uh, if you, um, well, I like that word. yeah, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior yet, we implore you to do so. All you've got to do is say that simple prayer of salvation. Say it in your own words. God's not going to criticize you. He's going to listen to you. And all you got to do is say, "I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe He died for me." Amen. And uh, I will follow him in the name of Jesus Christ. And you just might be that last individual to accept Christ before the rapture of the church that we know is coming. Okay. Uh, if, uh, If the Lord does give us another show and we are able to carry on, we will be back next time with another edition of the Last Christian Newscast and Radio Show. And remember to check in at www.lastchristian.net for anything in visual form. Until next time, good night and God bless. Thanks again for joining us today for The Last Christian Radio Show. And be sure to tune in every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday right here and at www.lastchristian.net. Until the trumpet sounds.